This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible unto him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. Now, here was a terrible situation. This is awful. I mean, here's a father who is helpless to stop his child from destroying himself by being destroyed by this demonic spirit that seized his son, made him foam at the mouth, made him wildly throw himself into fire and try to drown himself in water. And the father comes to the Lord Jesus Christ and he says, if you can do it, if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us, help us. You see, the words, if thou canst do anything, help us, are the words of unbelief. He doesn't really believe that he can do anything. He's saying, if you can. The father's not 100% convinced that the Lord Jesus Christ can help him. He says, if thou canst do anything. See, those words of unbelief, it limited the Lord Jesus Christ. It limited him from, limited him from helping him. See, that's how unbelief limits God. In the same way that unbelief limited the Lord Jesus Christ from doing many mighty works in his own country. It says in Matthew 13, 58, he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. And that's, why, that's, how, that's how unbelief limited Jehovah Jesus in the desert of Sinai during those 40 years when he wanted to do so much more for the children of Israel, but because of their unbelief, they turned back and they limited God. As it says in Psalm 78, 41, yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. See, when this father said to the Lord Jesus Christ, if thou canst do anything, he was in a state of unbelief, and until his father turned from his unbelief, his son would not be healed. So the Lord Jesus Christ addressed the problem right on the head when he said, it's not a problem of whether I can do anything, it's a problem of you can believe. If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him to believe. See, those words, he was saying, the problem is not with my power to help him, the problem was with your unbelief. See, it's not a problem of if I can do anything, it's a problem if you can believe. Believe what? 
believe 100% that I can help your son. So he said, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. He didn't say that all things will be done for him that believeth. He said all things are possible, which means that nothing is, is possible for the person who does not believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is able. See, the Lord Jesus Christ gave a specific instruction that, that when we ask in prayer that we have, to, we have to believe, but he gave another instruction for when we ask in prayer, and he said this in John 14, 13. In John 14, 13, he said, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name. He says, ask in my name, that I will do, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. In thy name. I love it when David Hall, you know, we're, 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 we're praying this morning, and, and someone says, in Jesus' name, and David says, that name. <laughs> he says that name, as if we're a little asleep here. Did you get it? That name. Oh, that name. <laughs> he says that name. And this is emphasized by the Lord Jesus Christ. Further in the next verse, John 14, 14, if you shall ask anything in my name, I'll do it. In John 15, 16, ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he, shall, he, he may give it to you. See, John, all these verses, John 14, 13, in my name, John 14, 14, in my name, John 15, 16, in my name, John 16, 23, and that day you shall ask nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. John 16, 24, hitherto you be asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. John 16, 26, at that day you shall ask in my name. And I say unto you that I will pray the Father for you. He gives us instruction over and over and over again. In my name, ask in my name, ask in my name. What does that mean? What does it mean to ask in Jesus' name? A person becomes a Christian. He hears other Christians finishing their prayers with, in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus. And so the, so the new Christian gets the idea, well, that's the right way to pray. That's what you gotta do. You gotta sign off your prayers with the, with the words, in my name, in Jesus' name. You gotta do that. But if I were to ask the question this morning, what does it mean? What does it really mean to pray in Jesus' name? I wonder what you would say. What does it mean to pray in Jesus' name? Is it just important words that have to be at the end of a prayer in order for, for, it, to, for it to work? I mean, why is it important to pray in Jesus' name? Why the name? What does it mean to pray in Jesus' name? I mean, pray in Jesus' name because his name is the basis for our acceptance before God. To come to God in the name of Jesus is to come to God in the Lord Jesus Christ. See, to pray in the name of Jesus is to, is, 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 here I am, this is present, this is future, and this is past. So when I pray in the name of Jesus, I turn and look at the past. I look at the past to a history point of a work that was done on Calvary. I look in the past to the Calvary work that he did on the cross. See, we're coming up on Good Friday, and when we're gonna stop and we're gonna turn ourselves to look back in history to the Calvary work on the cross where our sins were put away. We're at Palm Sunday, which is the preparation for Good Friday, 
when we're gonna look at the past and we're gonna look at Calvary work on the cross to put away our sins. On Easter, we're going to look back on Good Friday, the Good Friday Calvary work on the cross to put away our sins, and we're gonna see his resurrection was the ultimate acceptance of his Calvary work to put away our sins. Everything centers on Good Friday Calvary work to put away our sins. We trust in his Good Friday Calvary work to put away our sins. We're always looking back in history to that Good Friday Calvary work to put away our sins. And when we pray in Jesus' name, we're looking back to the cross and saying we're trusting in the cross work that he did on Good Friday to, the, to, to make us accepted by God. So when we pray in Jesus' name, we're meaning that we're looking back at the cross, and by praying in Jesus' name, we're stating that we're, we're looking back and we're trusting in that cross to make us accepted by God. We pray in Jesus' name, we look back, we focus, we give honor to his cross work. But, but when we pray in Jesus' name, we're also meaning that we're looking, we're looking at what he's doing now and what, he's gonna, what he will do in the future that's described for us in Hebrews 7.25. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. He ever liveth to make intercession for them. He worked in the past at Mount Calvary on Good Friday to put away our sins. He's working now. He will work in the future to save us from every threat, and that's the work of his intercession. He sees the dangers. He sees the troubles in our lives, and he's a hard worker. He is a faithful high priest. He's doing the work of intercession for us right now to save us. That's the work of him being our advocate, of pleading for us, of arguing the merits of his cross. He's carrying his cross before the Father. He's arguing the merits of his cross to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness as the promise is in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So when we pray in Jesus' name, we're looking at the present, we're looking at the future in his work of intercession. And when we pray in Jesus' name, we're trusting him to now and in the future take our feeble prayers and present them to the Father as our representative. As our representative before the Father, he's now our lawyer. He's our lawyer, he's our advocate. He argues for us before the Father. So when we pray in Jesus' name, it doesn't mean we just say three words in Jesus' name at the end of our prayers. It means to pray in Jesus' name means that we think. We consciously think about his cross work in the past and, and, and that made us accepted and that put away our sins and then we think right now, He's taking my requests, he's taking, he's presenting them, he's my, he's my representative before the Father, he's my lawyer. So when we pray in Jesus' name, we look at the past work of the cross for our acceptance, and we look at the present and the future work of his intercession to make our prayers effective and to save us. In addition to praying in Jesus' name, he gave us one other instruction when we pray, and we see this, when and we see Boaz following this, when we look at verse 12, when Boaz says, the Lord recompense thy work and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel under whose wings thou art come to trust. When he said that, under whose wings thou art come to trust. And he, and he said, 
full reward because she, in essence, he said, she, in essence, she ran into the wings of God. He's thinking about something. He's got something on his mind. Boaz has something on his mind when he says that. He has the word of God on his mind. He has the wings. He's thinking about what Moses wrote, about the protective wings over the mercy seat. And God had said about the mercy seat of the ark in, in Exodus 25, 20, the cherubim shall stretch forth their wings on high, covering the mercy seat with their wings, and their faces shall look one to another. Toward the mercy seat shall the faces of the cherubims be. So completely over the mercy seat of this upper lid of the ark are these wings of the cherubims. They're protecting, protecting wings. So Boaz is thinking uh, of what happened there. What happens there above that, on that mercy seat, on that lid of the ark? Well, Moses said in, in Exodus 25, 22, God said, there I will meet with thee. I will commune with thee from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubims, which are upon the ark of the testimony of all things that I'll give commandment. So when Boaz says, God should give you, Ruth, a full reward because you come to trust under the wings of God, he is referring to the description of the mercy seat in the word of God. That shows us something. It shows Boaz was a person who was full of the word of God, and he used the word of God in his prayers. That's the instruction the Lord Jesus Christ gives us in John 15, 7. If ye abide in me, and my words, my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. This thing, that's what my words abide in you, ye shall ask and it shall be get done. What do we need? What, what, what do we need as we pray? His words to abide in us. Why do we need his words to abide in us? Because God uses his word to transform us. When, when we need our hearts, we each need our hearts to be God's, to be a, a home for God's word. Our heart, home for God's word. What, how, do, how do we make our heart the home for God's word? By resolving to learn it by reading it. By resolving to find our delight in it by meditating on it. By resolving to obey it by opening our hearts, letting it search us, letting it convict us, letting it correct us. Then our will gets in alignment. God's will is over here. The alignment means go like this. <laughs> Doesn't mean this. In <laughs> okay. alignment, see? We can only pray in the will of God when we make our hearts a home for God's word. Our heart, the Bible's home. That's what he meant by my words abide in you. Our heart, not the home for TV programs. Our heart, a home for God's word, the Bible. When Boaz prayed, verse 12 for Ruth, Boaz was saying, oh God, you said that a person comes to meet you under the wings, and that when a person does that, he gets a full reward of protection under the wings and provision. There was a pot of manna there. So based on your word, I'm praying this for Ruth. See, when Boaz prayed for Ruth, he was in essence saying to God, God, my authority when I come to you in prayer for Ruth, is that I'm bringing your own word with me. 
I've got it with me. So like Boaz, we bring the Bible. We bring God's word when we pray. We pray God's book. We pray with God's book as our authority. That's the first level of intensity, which is to ask. But now we move on to another intensity, the second level intensity, which goes beyond asking, and that's to seek. That's a deeper level. See, in the Bible, asking is associated with things. I ask for things. I ask for situations to be resolved. I ask for this and that. But see, that, those are things. But seeking is always associated with a person. See, when they came to seize the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, whom seek ye? See, Moses told Israel to seek the Lord in Deuteronomy 4.29 when he said, but if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him if thou seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul. See, King David, he told Israel to seek the Lord in 1 Chronicles 22.19. 1 Chronicles 22.19, he said, now set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. See, 1 Chronicles 16, 11, he said, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. See, God told Israel in, through Jeremiah in Jeremiah 29, 13, and ye shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. So to seek refers to seeking God. In this deeper level of prayer, we're not happy with just answers. Answers aren't enough. We need God. We need the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And when Boaz prayed for Ruth in verse 12, he didn't just pray to a nebulous God away up there. Boaz used the specific name for God. He prayed to Jehovah. And, and Boaz was praying to Jehovah Jesus when he said, the Lord recompense thy work. And then when Boaz put the names together in verse 12, oh, he was specific. When he said, the Lord God of Israel, he used the name of Jehovah first, and then he used the God's name for the Trinity, Elohim. So Boaz was praying to Jehovah Jesus, the second person of the Elohim Trinity of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Boaz was filled with an interest in the person of Jehovah Jesus because he set his heart to seek Jehovah Jesus. And when we go to this level of seeking prayer, we're looking to get close to the Lord Jesus Christ. Answers aren't enough. We don't just want an answer. We want to know the person more. We want to know the Lord Jesus Christ himself. We want to know the one who answered our prayer. We want to we know that, 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 that the one who is answering our prayer is the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we want to know him better. We are driven by the needs that we ask for to the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we see this progression of asking prayer to seeking prayer. And you see this progression so clearly in what happened to Jacob in Genesis 32. In Genesis 32, he just got the news. Esau, your brother, the one who you last heard had vowed to murder you, looks like it's gonna happen. He's coming with 400 men, so get ready for the slaughter of you. And so that was a little bit of motivation for Jacob to pray. <laughs> Anything was going to motivate him. So he goes to the first asking level of prayer in Genesis 32, 9 through 12. Genesis 32, 9 through 12, 
Jacob is at the first level of asking prayer when he says, and Jacob says, oh God of my father, Abraham, God of my father, Isaac, the Lord which said unto me, return unto thy country, to thy kindred, I will deal well with thee. I'm not worthy of the least of all your mercies and of all the truth which thou hast showed unto thy servant, for with my staff I passed over this Jordan, and now I'm become two bands. Deliver me. I pray thee from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he come and smite me and the mother with the children. And thou saidst, I will surely do thee good and make thy seed as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. See, what we see here in what Jacob is doing, he's at this first level of asking prayer. He's gotten down really good the art of requesting. You know, he's specific about the problem in, in Genesis 32, 11. I fear him, lest he come and smite me and, and the mother with the children. He's saying, God, there's about to be a lot of blood on the ground here. And, and he's specific about his request. He specifically stated the problem. He's specific about his request with two words in, in, in verse 11. Deliver me. He says, deliver me. For I pray thee from the hand of my brother, the hand of Esau. So there's no, there's, no, there's no if thou canst do. There's no unbelief in what he's saying here. Da- Jacob is believing God is able, and he says, deliver me. Jacob believes God is able to deliver him. But Jacob comes to God with his word. And in, in, in verse nine, he says, the Lord which said to me, return to thy country, to thy kindred, I'll deal well with thee. He says in verse 12, and thou saidest, I will surely do thee good and make thy seed as the sand of the sea which cannot be numbered for multitude. See, Jacob is using the authority of God's word in his prayer. He's saying, you said it, God. So the words of Jehovah Jesus are abiding in Jacob as he prays. And then with Jacob, we see something remarkable that happens in verses 24 through 30 of Genesis 32. Genesis 32, 24 through 30, it says Jacob was left alone there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. The hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint. He wrestled with him. He said, let me go, for the day breaketh. He said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. He said unto him, what's thy name? He said, Jacob. He said, thy name shall no more be called Jacob, but Israel, for as a prince hast thou power with God and with men and hast prevailed. Jacob asked him and said, tell me, I pray thee thy name. He said, wherefore is it thou dost ask after my name? He blessed him there. Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I've seen God face to face. My life is preserved. See, Jacob has done well in the first level of asking prayer. He's been specific. He's been believing. He's used the word of God, and the word of God is abiding in him. He's used the, power, the authority in prayer. God's word is authority in prayer. So up until now, it appears that it, well, Jacob just wants to be delivered. He's got, the, he's got his, this, this murderous brother that's after him. And it appears that, that Jacob's got all he wants. Deliver me from Esau, and, 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 that's, and I'm, I'm good. You know, Jacob, just deliver me, and I'll go my way, and you go your way, please. But what happens next is it shows us that's not enough for Jacob. That's not enough for Jacob. He knows that God is within his reach and he has reached out his hand. He has grabbed a hold of God and he says, you can kill me, but I'm not letting you go until you bless me. And we look at what Jacob's doing there and we said, we get it. Jacob's saying, it isn't enough that God, we would say, someone would say to Jacob, Jacob, isn't enough that God just answers your prayer? Leave God alone already. And, and, And Jacob replies back, no, that's not enough. 
If all I get is deliverance from Esau, I will have lost. Being delivered from Esau is not enough. I want God. I need God. I must have God. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program was brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.